Well, good afternoon. I am Leon Davis. It is Saturday, November the 2nd at 2 p.m. Eastern Time um, of 2019. And you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. I want to thank you very much for taking the opportunity or taking the time to listen to me this afternoon. Um, this week's podcast is going to be about interracial couples. Um, while I was doing my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I ran across um, a video of um, a very educated um, individual talking about um, interracial couples. And I wanted to kind of take a look at interracial uh, marriages and, and couples in general. And so there was two ways I thought to approach it. And one was a macro view and that's just how society deals with it how uh, it changes or impacts society and then there's the micro version you know the individual uh, person's experience and and how um, individual couples manage in in society as a whole now when i created the graphics for this podcast um i so i have to explain and I used a symbol of the male female and for it was done out more out of expedience than to any attempt to negate or marginalize uh, couples uh, same-sex couples um, in creating the graphics that I need a lot of times I go out and find um, royalty-free um, images and, and free images uh, and have to be careful of stepping on someone's copyright or using someone's copyrighted work without um, their approval or, or paying them if, they, if they're asking for money or making sure that I give them recognition if that's all that they're asking for. So in this case, um, the male and female symbol was simply a matter of expedience. It was something that um, I did not think would uh, be a significant problem as far as copywriting goes, but it wasn't until I was, I don't know, a couple of hours ago that I realized I did not make, uh, include um, same-sex couples in that graphic, and I should have. So I, I want to make sure that you know that I recognize that. Um, one of the things that I was that I ran across a lot when I was doing my research, and and by no means was the research that I did very exhaustive. So there are a lot of um, probably opportunities to do more and find out more information, but a lot of what I ran across, most almost every site that you know, I dealt with, as far as um, interracial couples talks about attitudes towards uh, interracial dating and interracial marriage and about how it's become more progressive. Um, and so that's what I want to cover today. And that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Adjustment. Adjustment. Okay. So, uh, So in 1967, uh, the Supreme Court um, 
1967, the Supreme Court, the U.S. United States Supreme Court, struck down all state laws banning interracial marriage as violations of the Equal Protection and Due Process Clauses of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Um, so, so interracial dating, now not all states had bans on interracial dating, uh, but there were enough states um, that this was uh, an issue that needed to be pushed to the Supreme Court and it was uh, settled at that time. So most of the data that I have is from 67 this way uh, towards you know, 2019. Uh, I'm going to give you a few facts about that I've run across about interracial marriages. The U.S. population in 1967 was 198.7 million um, people. And the U.S. population as of 2015 reached 327 million point 327.2 million people. That was a huge increase. And I and I mentioned that because uh, growth in population, um, if it's if it's fueled mostly by immigration, then the opportunity for um, interracial couples grows as the number of uh, available partners is impacted by that immigration or by that growth. So if there, if the growth is mostly of one ethnic group, um, then it may not necessarily impact the Growth or the or, the, or uh, fueling change in the the makeup of multiracial couples, and and that that is an issue because my my question is <clears throat> while there is an increase in interracial couples, does that necessarily equate to an acceptance of race of people's race does that mean that that we're becoming more tolerant of each other um, that becomes especially significant in our current situation uh, current political situation as um, for the first time that that I know of and it's definitely in my lifetime um, we've we have in, in our in, in the top parts of our um, political system, um, something that resembles um, so so racism was dealt with in a less direct way previously where it's more direct uh, in the current administration and so, so my question is um, though we've increased the number of interracial couples we don't seem to have um, become more accepting of one another another's differences as far as race goes and ethnicity. Um, and I'm going to address that a little bit more in some of the facts, some of the items that I have coming up. Now, um, the following is from uh, some of these facts are from the Pew Social Trends 
org website. And uh, if you look at the, if you find the podcast someplace, you'll find in the notes uh, a couple of the sites that I used in order to establish, uh, you know, build the, this case uh, that I'm going to talk about today. In 1967, only 3% of newlywed couples uh, were interracial. In 2015, 17% of newlywed couples were interracial. Now, in 2015, approximately 10% of married, uh, newly, newly married couples were interracial. And that jumped in 2016 to, I think, 2.2%. From 1980, now, I, um, the, the way things were organized, and, and one of the things that, was, that frustrated me was um, I didn't have the, the necessary resources to do uh, as deep a dive into, uh, uh, into the numbers that I would like to have and spend as much time on the research uh, to draw out some of the more um, issues that were, were I had on my mind and one of the things that I was trying to make sure that I didn't do was have a preconceived notion about what um, I was going to find and then look for facts just to justify that mostly what I wanted to try to do was get an idea of what information was available um, I knew my viewpoint on it and how I arrived at that, but I wanted to try to um, find information that may um, help flush out some other ideas about how race has impacted our society. Uh, my concern is, is that while there has been, and I think I mentioned it already, is that while there has been an increase in interracial dating uh, and interracial marriage, there doesn't seem to be uh, an increase in interracial tolerance and with that with that being the case um, how then does 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 all this matter and and how do we understand it um, some interesting facts that I found too also is that um, as people get older they are less likely to be tolerant of interracial couples in their family. So um, one of the fact, one of the uh, items I got from uh, the Pew site was in 19, from 1980 to 2015, the number of recently married blacks in interracial marriages jumped from 5% to 18%. The recent number, recently married, also from that same time period, 1880 to 2015, the number of recently married white and interracial marriages, oh, yeah, white white interracial marriages jumped from 4 to 11%, which was a, a smaller increase. Also, during that same time period, the number of interracial marriages for Asians declined slightly and remained the same as far as Hispanic newlyweds. Um, 
although even though uh, interracial marriage has been increasing for those two groups, the Asians and um, Hispanic, uh, they remain far more likely than black or white newlyweds to marry someone of a different race or ethnicity. About three in 10 Asian newlyweds, about 29%, have a spouse of a different race or ethnicity, and the same is true for Hispanics, which at about 27%. As you might guess, as I was uh, anticipated, um, the, the higher the educational level, the more likely someone is to marry interracially, especially in the Mexican Latina community and the Asian community. Now, as far as blacks, blacks tend to marry interracially more at the lower education level. Education does not seem to impact interracial marriage in the white community. And that kind of surprised me also. These numbers I got from the Census Bureau and the Census Bureau um, broke it down by types of interracial relationships, whether it was non-white Hispanic with Hispanic, non-white, <coughs> pardon me, Hispanic with uh, black and so forth in the different categories. Um, and, the, and the data here, and, and I wasn't sure how they broke this data up because they, they gave it as a block. So um, in the graphic that I saw, the first was year 2000, and they gave a breakdown of married couples, uh, married interracial couples, and non-interracial couples. Then they went to 2010, and then it jumped as a block from 2012 to 2016. So, so I don't know if this is, um, I don't know how to completely interpret this number, but um, so I'm just gonna say that as of 2016, but this number represents from 2012 to 2016. The total number of married couples. Now, this was just married couples, and I don't think this was just newlyweds. This was total married couples. Um, was 56,781,405 couples. Of that, 50,962,683, or 89.8%, were of the same race and ethnicity. Mixed race to couples, 5,818,722, or 10.2%, as I had mentioned earlier. Now, Asian and Hispanic newlyweds are the most likely to be intermarried, and I, I mentioned that earlier. A growing share of adults say interracial marriage is generally a good thing for American society. And that was the point that I was trying to address is if we believe that it is a benefit to society, how do we explain our current situation where such um, diversity is actually shunned on um, while, while we accept, while we seem to accept uh, interracial relationships more 
we don't seem to be accepting the communities that they come from more. So, so I, I find an interesting dynamic there. I'm not sure what to make of that. Um, and, and I didn't, I wasn't able to find any website or resource that tried to help make sense out of that. How, how do we get from uh, more accepting of interracial couples, more accepting of interracial relationships without being more accepting of the communities that they come from? So I've heard a lot or I've heard several people mention, you know, they have um, uh, interracial marriages in their family and that they that then makes them not um, prejudice. And it's hard to um, reconcile that with, with how a society functions. So if so many more um, interracial relationships are occurring, and the attitudes towards interracial relationships are changing, and yet the conditions of minorities in society have worsened, how do we, how do we, how do we understand that? What, what is the logic behind that? Why is that happening? Why is that not happening? Why are we still dealing with, you would think if, if there was an increase in acceptance of, of interracial relationships and, and more people had had opportunities to deal with interracial relationships within their own families, that they may then be able to better connect with others in those communities as while you have to deal with your family member's spouse, there are instances where you are probably going to deal with your uh, family member's spouse's family. And, and you would, so I would question how that, uh, does that breed the ability to, to build bridges in those cases. So I was reading an article and this was from uh, the conversation.com and uh, that link is also in the description. And the title of the article was, how do Americans really feel about interracial couples? Now, according to polling data, only a small percentage of people in the US, about 9%, say that the rise in interracial relationship or interracial marriage is a bad thing. Again, there's that, you know, more and more people are saying that interracial relationships are acceptable or they're not as, as bad or they're not a bad thing or they don't have a negative impact on society. Um, so the article goes on, and I'm just going to read a small part of it. Uh, it's just a paragraph. Yet our findings indicate that most of them, so they did a, they did a, some uh, research 
and they ran a poll and they were trying to identify um, people's attitudes towards interracial couples. So in, in the article, they say, yet our findings indicate that most in the U.S. harbor both implicit and explicit biases against interracial couples. Now, these biases were quite robust, showing up among those who had close personal contact with interracial couples and even some who had once been involved in interracial romantic relationships. The only ones who didn't show biases against the interracial couples were multiracial people. So what they found, um, and, and I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, that even though there were there were interracial couples in their family, even though they interacted with those couples, even though maybe they had accepted um, the spouse of another race, their attitudes towards the other race did not seem to change. While they may, their attitude towards interracial dating may have changed, their attitudes towards the other race or other races did not change. And, I, and to me, that's extremely significant as a lot of sites that I mentioned are putting forth this idea that attitudes are changing. Well, attitudes may be changing about a specific event, but they're not changing around um, how to deal with people in our society who are included in those events. Trying to think of the best way to frame it. Um, older people become more risk averse. And I get that as you get older and you have um, taken your risks in life and you have built up your wealth and you have put your life together in a way that is comfortable for you, you're going to be less risk averse. An interracial relationship is probably high risk um, for, for a lot of reasons. And, and I don't want to get into all of those reasons, but a lot of them because you're dealing with a different culture or a different set of values. Um, even though there are different values within your own ethnic group, um, people tend to see those as less significant for some reason. That, that, if a if another person of my ethnic value has or my ethnic makeup has a different view of life than I do, um, we can seem to work that out. We can seem to still be um, come together on that, or at least be acceptable on that. But 
as far as an interracial relationship or uh, with someone else, people tend to be less flexible on building bridges in order to um, make life better. So they tend to, to become more risk averse even in relationships. And one of the, the things that I, I noticed in, in looking around was that a, a lot of the people who had been in um, diverse relationships when they were younger were less likely to be accepting of those relationships as they've gotten older. Or maybe even some of them, after getting out of a relationship, they were less likely to get back into another relationship of mixed race. And I don't know. So without having the data and understanding why that decision is made, it's going to be hard to understand how the how interracial dating has impacted our society. So there is a lot more information that that. I would like to see available. I don't know if that information is out there. I don't know. I didn't run across it. Um, understanding, you know, what what are the challenges, the day to day challenges that people faced in their relationships, and how that impacted their long term views of uh, other other nationalities or other ethnic groups is going to be important in understanding race in our country. So United States being a supposedly uh, country founded on the idea of, you know, it's not who you are, um, but everyone, we're all in this together and everyone has an opportunity to try to better themselves. Um, but we still tend to go to our individual corners um, I don't know if the current political climate is a direct um, is a direct result of a growing um, interracial relationships um, because we we do know that there is a lot of pushback. Uh, so when there are advances, there seems to be pushback and. If interracial relationships are on the rise, um, there may be some pushback by all groups, um, not just not just the majority group, but um, there is some pushback. Um, it is less likely that an educated um, black person will marry outside their race. And in understanding why that is, I think it's important to understanding race in our country and uh, is if it's important for us to try to move past that and to make it more homogenous in that in the sense that we all are the belong to the same family that we all belong to the same um, humanity and that um, what we look like does not define how we should be treated so so understanding our ideas as a as a society of, around race and why we are what why do we 
believe that uh, someone of a different race is necessarily unequal to us and and we don't I don't think we try to approach that and so to me it would be interesting if we could find a way to try to um, at least start asking those questions of ourselves uh, asking those questions and sharing that information And uh, just a couple of, um, oh, just this one. Uh, so whites are more willing to date interracially than they are to intermarry or bear multiracial children. Um, and and I, I don't, I didn't say that to single out whites as a problem. I'm not looking at this as a problem. I'm looking at it as an opportunity to try to build something if we if we identify some of the things that we have to deal with in society we can then start to ask questions about or relevant questions about why these things are happening understanding why people are behaving the way that they are why do they feel um, why do they identify with um, certain ideas and ideologies over others. Um, so I read an article, I was, I'm constantly looking through the, the news. I, I, it's a, I think it's a great form of information. And this was a CNN article and, and I'll try to remember where I put the link in the description. And the article was about a young lady in her 20s. And she believed herself to be uh, liberal and from the t from 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 the time she first in uh, was introduced to um, she, she met a guy who was part of the alt-right and she said from from the time she entered she introduced himself for and, and through six months in, in, within a six-month time period, she was actually planning rallies, helping to indoctrinate others, and trying to understand where she was at the time, why she believed she was liberal. Why did she accept that teaching? Why did she live in that world? Is a important part of trying to understand human behavior and maybe find a solution to hate and anger. Um, okay, so um, but it was a very interesting article. I'm definitely going to try to put that in the description. Make sure that if you get a chance, you get you um, look for that article. I said it was on CNN um, and it was, I think it was printed uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, maybe the last couple of days. 
uh, if I if I'm not able to run across that article again, I have to go back to the history. Um, so one of the things I'm make this the last thing, and then I'm gonna get out of here. There was a um, um, so Facebook is if you go to they got a Facebook view, and there was this uh, oh I, it's it's about a thirty minute um, show. And it appears to be independently produced, um, but it's very well done. Um, the 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 way it's shot is very seems very professional. It's very organized. It's uh, it's very good and very interesting. And it's called "Sorry for Your Loss." There were two seasons out there. Um, I've gotten through half of the first season. I'm I don't spend a lot of time watching video uh, other than news but um, it, it, it was it seemed like a very interesting um, podcast or show and it was um, a white woman married to a black man who died and it, and it goes through her grief but it's more than that and there's um, more to the story as there is a multiracial family involved uh, other than the one that she's married to. And um, so, <coughs> again, it's sorry for your loss. If you get an opportunity to look for it on Facebook, um, check it out and let me know what you think of it. I'm going to wrap up. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join me this afternoon this concludes this episode of the podcast the video podcast is available on youtube uh, all you need to do is do a search for lion's den stl now the audio podcast is available oh the video podcast is also available on periscope.tv now the video the audio podcast is on available on stitcher.com anchor.fm the itunes store the google music play store and almost any place that you um, look for your audio podcast. Please consider supporting this podcast by visiting the anchor.fm slash altitude adjustment two. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. Please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes where you find them because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>